Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Morning to you, hawkfanatic.com, brought to you by Patrick Eads and his staff. Great service department, too, at Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's E-Keys for Cars. GT Car and his great crew at Supel's Building and Remodeling. Supel's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROWS. The Midtown Family Restaurants. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers 101, South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. The Sanctuary Pub on South Gilbert. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas, Streets Maintenance. Wild Rose Casino in Clinton, Dirk Sterner Taxidermy, and Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Filling in for Tom Suter, it's Tommy Lang along with Hawk Fanatics, hawkfanatic.com, uh, Pat Hardy, and Jamie Morris uh, on the line. Jamie, how you doing? Good morning. I'm good. I'm really good. Got- Got former Michigan running back Jamie Morris up in Ann Arbor right now. We're going to talk about the... I wonder what we're going to talk about. Geez, I think we're going to talk... Well, we'll talk about a lot of it, but first of all, we will start. Um, Jamie, um, I was thinking when I talked to you the other day, Iowa wants to be like Michigan style-wise. I mean, I think ideal game for Michigan would be 250 rushing yards and about 150, 200 passing yards. Michigan wants to run the ball, right? I mean, we hear so much about McCarthy, but isn't the isn't the meat of this offense, they want to run the ball, control tempo with their running game? Yeah. The thing you are, our, our backbone is our running game. And if we can't run, hey, we can't do the things we want. We're having trouble. What's wrong, Captain? Is it... It's a cell phone. It's your... We're having trouble hearing do you, you. Do you have a hard line that uh, we could call? I do not have a hard line. Okay. okay. Can, uh, you, can you move to a window? <laughs> By a window? We're, it's, it's for some reason. A fax machine, perhaps? You have a fax machine. <laughs> Speak. Uh, somebody will say, I have a phone bar. Yeah, we can't. Okay. Yeah, can't, we, can't, we can't. We've we've had you on before, though, and we haven't had this problem. I know. I'm about, I'm about to call. Yeah, I, I can't. We can't understand you, man. I'm sorry. Um, you try calling back. Maybe he's just got a bad. Uh, I'll try calling. I'll try calling you. How back. about we try calling you? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, because we can't. That was bad. That was bad. No, that's not us. I mean, that's, no, that's, that's the sound of a he's, cell phone cutting out. He's at his. He's at his home. Yeah, it'd oh, be like nobody really has landlines anymore. So, so Captain, was it not like that until you put him on the air? No, it wasn't. I was asking him. You know, well, maybe this is him again. You know, not. In the, I doubt it. Hello. How about now? There you oh, go. Much there better. You go. Wow, what'd you do? I, I I hung up. Instead of taking your call, I called you. Okay, perfect. Now we can hear you great. Okay. So you're saying it's our fault. <laughs> yeah, I think he's blaming <laughs> us. You're already blaming Iowa. Blaming the Hawks. I'm, just, I'm not blaming you. I, 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 look it, I'm telling you what happened. Okay. You called me. <laughs> it, it didn't work. I blame <laughs> Captain. Yep, and you made an adjustment. Now, no, now it sounds great. Now, my question stands the same. Michigan wants to run the ball, right? That's their number one priority on offense, isn't it? Well, that's the backbone of the Michigan Michigan offense. Yeah. I mean, that yes, we want to we want to establish dominance in the running game first. I mean, we want to come out and pound the ball down down your throat, and then once we once you decide once you make your move to stop the run, because nobody likes to get run on in college football. Sure, nobody. So once you make your move and bring your safeties up, yeah, we want to go over the top and do some things with our quarterback, who's a five-star. Yeah, and then the other thing your quarterback can do, which Iowa doesn't have and rarely has, is, I mean, they said on TV the other day that McCarthy's a four four forty guy. Is he really that fast? Oh, my goodness, yes. Is he, he really? He's he, 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 he's he's 4 really. Really? But, yeah, if you round it, it's a four four. See, that's that's my biggest concern from Iowa in a lot of ways is, like I told you, third and six, he scrambles for seven. Broken play. I, I've seen him do that a lot, and I know you have too. His ability to improvise when the play breaks down. No, that, and that's, that's one of the trademarks that uh, Coach Harbaugh wanted him to do. I mean, if the play breaks down, improvise. Make it happen. Pick up the first down. Go, but get out of bounds. We don't want, obviously, you don't want, this, you don't want your five-star quarterback to get hit. Mm-hmm. And he's got a slot. He knows when to slide and get down. Last year, he he would stay up and try to prove his toughness to his teammates and different things like that. We know how tough he is. He's done the job. Now slide, get out of bounds, do the things that you that keeps you in the game. Okay, I've been looking at Michigan stats, and one thing that kind of jumped out at me is, I mean, I I, I think Donovan Edwards is an electrifying talent. He burned, he scored, he had threw for a touchdown and ran for one against Iowa two years ago. He's a big play guy. We watched him shred Ohio State last year, but he's only averaging 3.4 yards per carry, has 354 yards rushing. Can you? Am I reading too much into it? Has he had an off year or is it just things just haven't worked out? That just doesn't seem like the numbers I would have thought from him. No, everybody thought that this, this and they are a dynamic duo. Blake and, Blake and Don, Don, uh, Donovan are great, great players. What we did was we went to the we went to the throwing throwing game. Everybody that we matched up against for the first eight games tried to stop the run. Okay, everybody tried to stop the run, and so that's why we would we 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 hey the offense became JJ's offense pretty much, mm-hmm. and we ran last we we faked it up in there. We we tried to do some things. We set we set plays up, uh, throwing plays up by doing some different things, and what we did was. If you think about it, last year, at the end of the season, we were down to one running back. I mean, Blake got hurt. Obviously, his knee. Uh, we beat we beat up our we beat up our running backs a lot doing all the running we did. So this year, we took a more conservative level. We threw the ball a lot more. We, um, I, I mean, if you look at it, we're we're probably sixty forty running the ball. Mm-hmm. 
and throwing the ball. So uh, we still like to run the ball and show that we're going to run the ball. If you give it to us, we're going to run the ball. But defenses, we're trying to stop the run. If Iowa loads up and says, hey, we're going to stop the run, we're not afraid to go over the top, go, go to our tight ends, go to our wide receivers, because we have J.J. has complete confidence in them, and the, and the coaching staff has confidence in those, those players now also. But we have lessened the load on our running backs and tried to keep them. And, yes, um, Donovan has not had the kind of year that he expected, and that we expected, but he's coming around again. He, I mean, we, we've had some guys that, I mean, they, everybody gets nicks and bruises and different things. And, you know, during the season, the best thing was when we had our bye week, it was after, um, after the Michigan State game, it really came into, came into fashion, and we did some things to get them right. I think uh, him and Blake are hitting their stride right now. Well, Donovan does have 26 catches for 230 yards. And see, he he worries me almost in ways that Corum doesn't because Iowa seems like they're good, better against kind of the runner between the tackle, whereas a guy in space who's versatile like Edwards, it wouldn't surprise me if Edwards made a couple big plays in this game. The other thing I was looking at is your two – Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson average 16.2 and 15.2 yards per catch. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, you guys can play big, explosive football when you need to. Yeah, I, as I said, we, we, we enjoy the, the balls going down the field now. We want to stretch the field. We want to do some things to open up our offense. We want to really open up the offense. But, it, again, the Iowa defense, our, our opponents this year, they dictate of how they want to get beat. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They dictate. They tell us what, what they're doing. And we, we do the opposite. What you think we're going to do, we're not going to do. We're going to do the opposite of what you give us. And if we have more men doing, doing what we, on our side, we'll get it done. The this other, has been that offense, and Sharon Moore has done a great job. Yes, he has. And the other thing you guys have done a good job is with the transfer portal. I mean, you needed a couple pieces on the offensive line. You found them. I think getting A.J. Barner as a second option at tight end from Indiana, that was huge. I mean, I've watched him play. He can block. I mean, your, your tight end combination of Colston Loveland and A.J. Barner, that's, they're impressive. I mean, Iowa had something like that before injuries. But, I mean, yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be an interesting game for the Iowa defense to see how much that they can withstand because – I mean, the Iowa offense, Jamie, we talked to you guys when I did your radio show yesterday. I know your partner got a kick out of when you asked me which player from Iowa I thought would have the biggest <laughs> impact, and I said the punter. Are you guys surprised that I said no, that? No, not at all. The guys here are not surprised. Your radio partners seem sh- – that's Hawkeye football, though. And when I tell you that, how do you interpret that? Because I truly think Tory Taylor could be Iowa's biggest weapon coming into this game if he can pin you guys deep and deep and deep and do it over and over. And I agree with that. After going back, we went back and watched filmed and everything, and then we agreed with it. But we just look. We just have to get get returns. We hope he out out kicks the coverage, obviously, and we're able to get the ball up the field. And then what worries us is the linebackers. You have two fabulous linebackers yes, that they do. control. We got to get up to the next level, and we do a good job of that. We got to get up to the next level and get those linebackers blocked. So we can create those holes and have those uh, explosive plays in the running game. I think the key is for us to have some explosive plays in the running game. Like I said, draw those safeties up, Mm -hmm. draw those. I mean, bring people up so we can get behind you. And our two tight ends, you're right about Bonner. 
He was a captain over at Indiana. We were fortunate enough to get him in the transfer portal, and it has been a dream. He's hoped, he's, he's helped Coaston Loveland, who's a sophomore, who's going to be. He, if he stays another year, he's got to stay another year because he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. But if he stays the next two years, if he stays, he's going to be one of the greatest tight ends to ever play at Michigan. And that's saying a lot. Sure, sure is. And he's one of the reasons Eric Hall's here, just like J.J. McCarthy's one of the reasons Cade, McCar- Cade McNamara is at Iowa. Now, we talked to the Iowa players yesterday, weekly press conference, and one of the themes, narratives being pushed by them, and it makes sense, is if we can just keep this game close going into the fourth quarter, then the, the pressure really shifts to Michigan. Do you agree with that, Jamie? I agree. I agree. If you if you got to stay in the game, we're gonna. I mean, you're gonna get these kids trying to figure out why are they hanging, how are they hanging with this, what are they doing. You don't want to. You don't want that mind going. This team is gonna look it. This team is gonna play football the way it, it, they've been playing football all year. They're led by a good senior um, uh, senior leadership. There that you can see that they pretty much coached themselves. They're organized. Hey, Jim Harbaugh not being on the sidelines, not a problem. And do I say two away games back-to-back, Jim Harbaugh wasn't on the sidelines, and those kids got it done. And so you got And now they're going to be very excited because Jim Harbaugh, Coach Harbaugh will be on the sidelines coaching them up. And, you know, that takes that alleviates a lot of the, a lot of the stress that, mm-hmm. um, our offensive coordinator, our line coach, Sharon uh, Moore, had to deal with. So that's even better. So it, it'll be good. So you'll see some guys with some pep in their step wanting to play and showcasing things. And like, like, like you said, we don't want to get caught in the phone booth. We need to get out the phone booth and make this a wide open game and make it, let's make it attract me. That's what we're trying to do. Which, in two years ago, you surprised Iowa with two trick play touchdowns in the first half, first quarter. Do you assume Harbaugh's got something up his sleeve? That, that seems to be he does that a lot in big games. Would you be surprised if Michigan tries a few? I wouldn't be surprised if you saw something, uh, a, a few things coming in because he's had time to think. He's had time to watch film. Mm-hmm. He's had time. He's had nothing but time on his side, and he wants to get back in there and make you know make the game fun for these kids and not try to not try to make it – all business-like, but make it fun. We're going back to Indianapolis, an opportunity to be the representative of the Big Ten in the college football playoffs. I know you guys saw last night, so we're excited around here. So do you think the Michigan players, I mean, let's face it, they're kids, they're 18, 19, 20. Do you, think, do you worry that some of them may take Iowa lightly? Oh, come on, God, this team can't score. No. Uh, and is that because the coaches will instill the right frame of mind? Because like you told me, Harbaugh hasn't beaten Iowa a lot as a player and a coach, and you think that matters when he preps, preps for this game. No, it, it's very important. Coach Harbaugh understands. He understands Iowa. We know, we know what we have in front of Iowa. Iowa is a great team, a great defensive team. Look, and they can get the job done if we don't come out with the right mind frame. So with that being said, practice is going to be hard. It's going to be, we're going to get, we're going to get, we're going to do the things that we're supposed to do to prepare for Iowa, the Iowa that you guys, we talk about Mm -hmm. what we know about the Iowa's of, of the past. And we don't expect anything, anything else, but what, 
we expected Iowa last year. Iowa came out last year and balled out, and we had to play a great uh, play a game. Mm-hmm. We expect that same tough game from Iowa. Look, Kirk Ferentz is a legend. I mean, I don't want to match him with Hayden Fry, but he's right there sure. with Hayden Fry. Mm-hmm. Side by side, this man, and he coached with Hayden Fry. So to us, that means something. That tells us, I, I, I'm gonna, dare I say, he's right next to Bo Schimbeckler. We know we're going to play a tough, hardened team, and they're going to give their best on that field. No, and, and do you think twenty three and a half points is too big of a spread for this game? Is that what it is now? Twenty three and a half was the last twenty three and a half the spread. What do you which think? Which is of that? the over under? I think in Iowa's last game with Nebraska. Yeah, it was. I'm okay with that. I, I look. I do think that that. I mean, when you look at Iowa's year, you look at yeah. how they score points and how Michigan scores points. Yeah, but who cares about that? Nobody cares about that. We're look at. Oh, there's gamblers that care here. about that. Exactly. That's what the, everybody betting, and everybody wants to hear me say, "Oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that." No, I'm sorry, I can't. Get to, I'm not a better guy. I'm going to tell you, Jim Harbaugh has told his team, "We do everything to win the game. If I, we score a lot of points, that'd be great. If we score, if we win by one point, that would be great." And I know I've asked we say this a lot about Iowa, but I want to ask it from Michigan's perspective. How important will it be for Michigan to get off to a quick start in this game? Do you think it's very important? Probably one of the most important things getting on that field. We need to get a fast start. You got to get a quick start so you feel good about yourself, so you feel good about your offense and your defense. And we're playing complementary offense and defense. It's got to play that way. We got to play fast on defense, three and out. We got to play quick and fast on on offense. We got to execute. We got to hit. We got to get in front of those guys and get up to the next level. Like I said, block those. And we got to put a little pressure on the punter. We got to let him know that we're going to come at him all day long. So, Jimmy, what do you think Bo would like the most about this Michigan team the last couple of years? This little this run of elite. What do you think would please Bo the most? Just the toughness and the way they practice. Your, your practice shows you what you're going to do on the field. Bo believe what, if you do it on the practice field, you'll do it on the game. And that's what he would be impressed about. Because I went to a, a spring ball practice this past year, Pat. It was incredible. Now, I'm one of those old curmudgeons. They don't work as hard as we did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure, oh, yeah. They don't have the type of coach I, we, we had. But I'm going to tell you what, it was the most impressive practice and probably the most exhausting practice that I've watched at Michigan. Wow. And it was incredible. The way, but it was, it was self-induced. They worked their butt off. You saw that they wanted to get back to, they wanted to get back to Indianapolis. They wanted to get back to the college football playoff. Each and every game. And people, they, they ate, they fed upon people saying they ain't played anybody yet. They ain't played anybody yet. And then when we played somebody that they recognized as, as a top 25, Penn State, oh, they ain't that good. They're not at your level. But when you play Ohio State, oh, that's going to be the game. That's going to be the game. So what can they say now? Mm-hmm. It just fuels the fire of these kids. As you can see, it fuels the fire of me. Sure. But what it does is it now, can you win in the Big Ten? Can you win, can you win 12 games? I mean, that, I mean, that's the next thing. Can you win the next game? Can you get to the next point? And that's what we're trying to do. The goal, it's not done yet. We're not done yet. 
this is not where we we aim to be. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten championship. This is not. This is still a tra- um, a journey. This is still the journey, and Iowa is in the way. No, that's well said, and yeah. you're, you're right about that. And I mean, you can't get to the next level that what you guys aspire to without winning this game. So I've got to ask you when I look at modern day football now and the, the, the pads and I look I, I went back and found some old video of you do you realize how big your shoulder pads were compared to the pads running backs were now I mean yeah. what have they done to shoulder pads they just look like they wouldn't be as safe as back in the day but they must be I mean they you are. wore giant shoulder pads the plastic is harder they they I mean they made they took out all of the they, they tried to protect us they surrounded us like the like with bubble wrap. Yeah. They tried to surround us with bubble wrap, but they shrunk the pads down because now they have the, the, the plastic is harder. They made everything better. Everything is better and everything is lighter. That uniform that I wore was like an extra 15 pounds. That uniform that they wear, it fits like a glove and it makes them feel, they feel like they have nothing on. It's awesome. Yeah, I could not only because man, I forgot how big your shoulder pads were. But everybody had huge shoulders, even the quarterbacks. Yeah, everybody. I mean, as uh, uh, Hautland, the kicker, your he, kicker, he had huge. He shoulder did. Pads. He I'm actually like looking at the kicker. He, he did. So <laughs> women Jim, in the workplace even had huge shoulder pads back then. Who's that? Exactly. Women in the women in the workplace. Oh, yeah. remember that fashion? Look? Yes, I do remember that. So, well, Jamie, I just got a couple couple last questions. Um. Harbaugh as a quarterback, when I went back, I mean, he was pretty tough as a quarterback. He could run. He could, I mean, how much of his personality and the way he played comes out in the way he coaches? Is there a similarity? Oh, God, yeah. That team is his reflection. That's, that's toughness at, at its best. Jim Harbaugh, he refused to be hurt on the field. He refused to any, have any kind of trainer or anything like that to come see him. If he was hurt, he only told the head trainer, and the head trainer would tell, wouldn't tell anybody else. And that's um, – I went back and looked at the 85 game, and I know I, I know I, I always bring this up when I have you on here, but, you know, Iowa's got to take its victories where they can. Some people forget Harbaugh had the only he, – he, there was only one touchdown in that game, and Harbaugh threw it on a broken play, a forward – was it to Gerald White? Yeah, to Gerald White. He flipped it to our fullback. That had a lot of J.J. McCarthy in it. Am I making – is that – I see. No, no, you're not. No, that had a ton of J.J. Okay. McCarthy in it. And I see, mean, you – as a matter of fact, J.J. has a play like that this season. Okay. He flipped the ball. So, I mean, they're – yes, it's very hardball-esque, as we say. Okay, so last question. Let's say Iowa sh- doesn't shut down Michigan's running attack, but let's say they hold him to like 100 yards. J.J. McCarthy, if he's thrust into the stage where he's got to win this game for Michigan, I assume you've got total confidence he can do that. J.J. can win any game he wants. J.J. can – J.J., he should be a Heisman Trophy because he's, he's on the best team in the country, according to me. Okay. But he should be a Heisman Trophy candidate because he sacrifices everything for the team. He does, yeah. He does everything for the team. When we need it – to run the ball against Penn State to take the clock down and everything like that, he sacrificed his sack. He could have said, "No, I want to throw the ball. We should be throwing the ball." No, he did not. He did not. He didn't say anything. He said, "Whatever it takes to win, let's do it, Coach." And they did. So that's that's really what the Heisman Trophy should be for: the guy who's for the team, not individual uh, accolades or anything like that. No, it should be the guy who who is the MVP or his team. And that's J.J. McCarthy right there.
Okay. I do have one more question, by the way. Speaking of awards, uh, earlier this week, the Broyles Award finalists were announced. And Joel Klatt from Fox got on Twitter and said, far and away, Sharon Moore, what he did during the interim, he deserves it for that alone. And then the Iowa fans. What do you think, Jamie's going to give a games. vote for Phil Parker? I, I, no, I don't think so. But I do want his perspective on it because, I, you know, we live in an Fair echo question. chamber no, here. No, I, I talked to you about that, too. And the Iowa fans just came in and swooped Phil Parker. You don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I want a Michigan guy's opinion on this. Well, you're going to get, I mean, yeah. Jerome Moore locked that up when he beat, beat, beat the uh, head coach of, uh, of uh, Penn State and when he beat the head coach uh, of Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean you, he's, in a, he's in a very tough situation. He's got to be coach. He's got to be head coach, acting head coach, excuse me. He's got to be the offensive line coach, and he's got to be the offensive coordinator. And he's got to run the team and talk to the referees. And they didn't fill they didn't fill that other spot that he had. So he had to run this whole team by himself on game day. I sure. did give you I'll give you that he was the he was the assistant coach because Jim Harbaugh had access to the players during during practice and everything like that. But I mean, think about the situation Jim uh, Jerome Moore was thrown into. And I'm not saying look. There's all kinds of deserving people who deserve these awards. When we come to awards, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very subjective. It it's is. very subjective. If you're asking me, yeah, hell yeah, Jerome Moore deserves a, a head, and maybe he'll get one after this season's over. He deserves uh, being looked at to be a head coach elsewhere sure if he does. wants. I mean, he, he's shown on his resume. Who else has got it better? Yeah, no, you're right about that. Yeah, and Phil Parker, I mean, around here, he's a defensive legend. Now, Jamie, I think you overlapped Phil's career for two years. Do you remember him much as a Michigan State player? I do, and uh, it's funny, and, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's great to see. Big Ten, he stayed in the Big Ten, and it's great, great to see that he's doing really well there. Look, his defenses, as I've told you before, they're legendary, and this is a legendary defense currently, right now, that's winning Big Ten games. It, it certainly is. Well, Jamie, hey, this is great, man. I know you're busy. I appreciate the time. I know Hawkeye fans enjoyed getting a Michigan perspective. Tell Becky and CJ I said hi, and I will be in touch, sir. I appreciate your time. Pat, I appreciate you, and thank you for putting my family in the Iowa uh, uh, Fanatics uh, article. It was great, and I really appreciate you it. You bet. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, Thank Jamie. Hawks. Yeah. Hawks. <laughs> We got to go Hawks from Jamie. Yeah. Hawks out of that. Yeah, on Michigan. He's week. a great guy. I mean, my niece is very lucky. All Hawks fanatics. Iowa. All Hawks All fanatics. Hawks Iowa fanatics. I, yeah, when I was on their radio show yesterday, yeah. he kept. They do a lot of like, okay, we're here with Pat Hurst, yeah. and every time he'd have, then he he kept remembering to say your prep sports too. I mean, he had yeah. both of them. Huh. He kept promoting both of them. Do you think the Michigan people are like wondering what the hell's your prep sports? You know, but no, it was, I did their show for about a half an hour yesterday. And when I told, they asked me, the last question was, they asked me who, what Iowa player I thought. And I said, Troy Taylor. So they were, they were like stunned when I, not Jamie, but his two guys yeah. radio. So when they hung up, I could still hear them talking. Yeah. And I went, I'm not, I'm going to listen. They just thought it was the funny, man, that is so Iowa. So Hawkeye football. You ask the guy and what's he say? The freaking punter. <laughs> but man, you guys know why I would say yeah. that. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I, would, I would say the same thing. I mean, I thought about maybe yeah. a defensive player, no. maybe, but 
or maybe I, but who on offense? I guess you could always say Deacon Hill. Yeah. But they've won games. They've won six out of seven games with Deacon Hill not playing very well at all. Yeah. Now I don't think that's going to Deacon Hill. He doesn't have to win the game against Michigan. Obviously, he cannot lose it though, because this team is too good for Iowa. The the games that Iowa has won, like thirteen to ten against Nebraska, fifteen to, th- if they don't play better than that, they're not going to beat this team, and it may not even be close. They're going to have to do something on offense. They can't just rely on the defense and special teams to win this game. I don't think so. And right now, like they asked me for a prediction, scores in my head right now is like twenty to six, twenty to three. That's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Not a blowout because I think the defense will hold firm for a while, but I think eventually Michigan's going to score a couple. Of t- I, I don't right now. I don't see the Iowa offense scoring a touchdown. I, yeah, I'm, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope I'm wrong. I'm going more with you than. I mean, I don't I know. Would any, like to admit, I don't know any Iowa. I, I don't know any if Iowa. If they got a six, I'd consider. <laughs> you know, this is sad. a moral victory. Yeah. <laughs> a moral victory. <laughs> That'd be two field goals, or maybe yeah. it's three safeties. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a god though, isn't that? But that's but I could also see like a, a twenty-seven to ten. I mean the well, defense. I mean the defense did wear down against Penn State in the second half, and they finished with thirty-one points. Now Iowa scored nothing. So hello, does uh, Pat? Does Jamie think uh, Harbaugh will be there next year? I haven't really asked him much about that. I did. I, I think when I did bring that up to him a while back, I think he said he thinks he will be. I know there's talk about the Las Vegas job and the Bears may have an opening, what have you. But um, it looks like he's survived the worst of this NCAA thing. He's he's done his um, his punishment, whatever. But I think, yeah, if, uh, when I asked him about that a while back, he's like, oh, yeah, he'll be back. But he also would say, don't, but you never say never. All right, thanks. Well, it's the same position we're in with Coach Ferentz. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I was, like I said, before all this stuff with Brian went down, I was 99.9% sure Kirk would be back. Now I'm 50-50, and I'm just going to stay 50-50. For I was sixty forty a while ago until doing some more talking to like co you know colleagues and stuff. A lot of my colleagues are fifty fifty on it, and so we'll see. Ne- neither one it wouldn't surprise me if he came back. Wouldn't surprise me if he said, you know, I'm done. I'm moving on with my son. Forever. Not saying he's going to go. You know, because yeah. I do think Brian. I think an NFL team will land Brian. I think Brian could be a fine offensive line coach in the NFL. I think Brian could be a fine offensive line coach for a another big time college program but i think his better chance right now is to go back to the nfl and he'll be fine oh yeah i mean this is not a he's not gonna be pushing a card on uh on no boy Street. <laughs> no he's, <laughs> no, living, he's living under the benton looks street, like Kirk brian ferentz under the benton street bridge <laughs> that cart's going really slow lighting them all up <laughs> yeah no i think brian's gonna be i think brian will be just fine and I do. I think he is a. I think he's a fine offensive line coach. I think he was good at he, the tight ends. I just think when when he was promoted to offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, he was in over his head. He didn't have the experience. I just think they accelerated it too much. And let's face it. I think a big part of it was because he's Kirk. Kirk wanted it to work for yeah. Brian. He wanted this to be father handing the throne over to his son, and it just hasn't worked out. Some things just don't work out. And I know Beth Getz has been. Man, a lot of people just don't like her. You know, and I don't get yeah. It. For first, they want to change. And some of the same people. We got to get rid of Brian, fire Brian, and then uh, fire Getz. And but I don't. I mean, I don't know, know why you would fire get the fe- in season. The more I look into this stuff, the more I'm hearing that she probably wasn't the one. It was probably her superiors that said, "No, let's get it done yeah. now. The sooner, the better." Well, that's what. 
that's what I'm hearing too. From you know what I gather is that yeah, there were some big donors that said we ain't we ain't doing this. But it's not the big. Do- I'm hearing that the president was one who said let's do it in season. But wow. I mean that yeah, but. I'm hearing that the donors went. Well, yeah, that's president. obviously that goes. They're not without, going to Beth Getz. That goes without say. That, that if, if you're a donor and you're that rich, to have that much, you know, credibility, uh, then you're going to you're going to the president, you know, and the regents. You're not going to Beth Getz. But it wasn't just donors that they did. No, I, I Th- that was part of it, and that always is part of it. But there, were, it was a collection of things, yeah. and I. I think the embarrassment surrounding the contract amendments and what have you has made Iowa just a weekly laughing stock. They were tired of that. I still think they probably should have waited until after the season. But, you know, they did it when they did it. It's over now. At least those stupid amendments we don't talk about anymore, the 25 points, yeah, and that that's stuff's gone. So and um, it's just going to be interesting to see what Kirk does for a replacement. If he's just going to make it easy and promote Budmeier and then bring somebody we don't know very much about or a former player in from the ground up or if he's going to go out and aggressively try to find a find a coordinator the problem with that though i the only way i think he can find a a bigger name if he agrees to maybe evolve a little bit on offense because a lot of coordinators are going to be like man i don't want to go there and basically try to run your same offense that you've been doing now for 30 years Mm. in this day and age it's too hard that's the that's the thing i would be worried worried about as they go to hire a new assuming it's kirk assuming he's going to be back a lot can happen between now and next February or whatever. I can see Brian going to work for Belichick again. I mean, obviously not as like offensive coordinator or something at that level. Yeah, now they're. I mean, they're, wasn't he the tight ends coach? And he yeah, was doing yeah. pretty well right there. And yeah, he had. Um, he had the guy who killed himself. Hernandez. The, he was the guy, good tight end. The guy who he was, and he had he had the two best tight ends in football at the yeah. time, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. And they'll probably be making some changes soon. Well, Belichick. Two wins. Yeah, I mean, how long is Belichick going to be there? I don't know. I mean, he's. I mean, they're they're terrible. And they've been terrible pretty much since Tom Brady left. Yeah. And that's part of the reason Tom Brady left. He saw what was coming. Yeah. I think Tom Brady even realized, you know, I'm great, but I'm not good enough to overcome this. And I think he saw it coming. And I'm surprised Belichick has they, – they missed out the guy from Alabama, Max Jones, the quarterback. He's been horrible. Yeah. I mean, he has just been horrible. So it'll be interesting to see how much longer Belichick – but Belichick cites somebody I think will hire Brian Ferentz as a position coach in the NFL or some type of yeah. job in the NFL if that's what he chooses. He may take a year or two off. I mean, I'm sure financially the guy's made almost a million dollars a yeah, year. For, yeah, yeah. He's got money. Yeah. You know, I mean. And, and they invest. And dad, and, might, yeah. dad might slip him a 20 I don't think he needs. No, I don't think he needs dad's no, money. No, I think they invest and, they, you know, he's got. He made nine. He made $850,000 yeah. this year. Yeah. And before that. 900. And how many years? Well, he's been the coordinator since 2017. Okay. So, so 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20, Eight years of making. He's, as the coordinator, he's made well over $5 million. Most people won't come close to earning wow. that in their entire lifetime. Yeah, I so he's fine. experience. He's, well, I think we all can. <laughs> I, I mean, but I think he's fine financially, which will give him a little flexibility in what yeah, he wants yeah. to do. I think more than anything with Brian Ferentz, his, his feelings are hurt. He's just sad and angry that this didn't work out. And I think he resents, I'm putting words in his mouth because I, I think he resents that this happened during in season. I think that's a I think big that's a part big of part it. of it. Yeah. I think I think he wishes he would have had a chance to sit down after the season, then to see okay, this isn't obviously gonna work out. Let's uh, now yeah, but, save face. But they he, did they didn't do that for some reason. Yeah. Sure. I mean he they could have sat down with him at the end of the season and all agreed it isn't working out 
and he could have said. And I think most Iowa fans would have. Now, there's still going to be these idiots on Twitter. Oh, she's a dumb blonde. You don't need a woman making this. That's I've had that crap on my feet. I've had that. Just and then you look them up, and they're the you know Christian and all the the, first name, lots of numbers. Yeah, Yeah. and just they're ultra Christian, and uh, I mean they live their life through Jesus, and yet they probably an American flag in their eye. They say stupid stuff like that. I had to block a couple people. Some guy who called her a dumb blonde. I looked him up, and he was from small town Iowa, and he said he was a Christian fighter. Trying to destroy wokeism and all this stuff, and he's calling he's calling Beth Getz a dumb blonde, and I'm like, I don't. That's just I need to got, see that. Okay, we're running a Happy Holidays uh, jingle because there's like 16 holidays. Yes, and uh, I'm not saying Merry Christmas. Well, that's pissing people off. Yeah, we, well, we have a Merry say, Christmas one too. We got a Merry Buzz, Christmas yeah. aligner, but it's too early to run it. Okay. Uh, but but we're running the. the, the it's not oh, even December. Why yet. don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I know. And well, why don't you uh, say have Merry Christmas and Happy New Year? I because there's six. Because it's November. Sixteen holidays. What about uh, Kwanzaa? What about Hanukkah? You know, who cares about that? <laughs> this yeah. country was built on Christian. You know. Yeah. Which I mean, everybody. Which is the, the biggest. Uh, everybody's lie. religion matters to them. I yeah. Mean, let them worship the way they want. Hey. They left. Are you enlisting in the army and the war on Christmas? <laughs> they left the Europe to get away from Christianity, to get away from the from Asian religious Church. persecution. Is what, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not just Christianity that it persecutes all religions. Yeah, they're all they all persecute. Yeah, it's all left up. Well, some all, people did leave because they were too religious. You know, they came to a country. Well, you didn't have to be religious, but you could still burn right. riches. Nick. So, <laughs> those are the people who are too religious and got kicked out of England, I think. Yeah, but no, it's just when I'm, you think about the whole, you know, everything, and and it just seems like everything's coming to a head again now. And with what? I mean, it, oh, religion and uh, I try not politics. To think of, I try not to think crap. about it. It's, I, I where's your, where's your uh, pro Hamas uh, liner? I'm going to be one of those on Jesus. there. I try not to think about it. Like yeah. I said, I've stated before, I am big on separation of church and state. I always have been. That used to be the normal way of thinking. Now you say that and you're a heathen or I mean, oh, you're, you're evil, you're woke. I mean, no, I don't think religion and politics should right. be mixed together. No, we don't go by the Bible. The Bible means nothing to the Constitution. It never will. You had a bunch of people. They came up with a good... You know, really, the Constitution's hey, amazing not, because uh, half of them uh, had syphilis and, and uh, you know, and were drunk, and then they were uh, mostly slave How do you know it was syphilis? Could huh. have been chlamydia, gonorrhea. I mean, you're... No, it was, uh, I mean, that's... He's done his he, research on this. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> I had to do that in, when I was going to school. So you think syphilis had... So you're saying syphilis had something to do with the forming of our nation? <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually... <laughs> Bad I am. Didn't Al Capone have syphilis? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Didn't he have that? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, all right, back to the Wolverines. Back to the Hawks. Back to the Hawks and the Wolverines. But, um, but yeah, no, I, like I said, I'm big on separation of church and state, and I can't believe we're living in a time now where that's the weird way of thinking. Hello. Um, hey. Hey, Pat. So I go back to what I told you before about Brian. I think the reason they fired him 
midseason was to quash everything coming out of the stand. You know, the fire Brian chance. I'm sure that, that didn't help. No, I can see that was part. I think that was part of it, yes. And the other thing, too, when you're talking about the assistant coach of the year, you can't tell me that Harbaugh wasn't in his coach's ear during those three games. You can't tell me there was no no communication. Well, that's supposed to be the Harbaugh case. And the rest of the coaching staff. I mean, well, but you don't know that. You're just saying that. I mean, supposedly no, Harbaugh. So no, supposedly Harbaugh was at home, not having any communication with the coaches during games. They even did updates on him. I, I don't know what to believe. I, but. That would have been a serious violation if they caught him. And there's ways. I, was gonna say, can... I don't think he would take that risk just yeah, after getting you, caught. And I'm not saying you're not right. Maybe you are, but I'd be surprised that they would take that risk because you can get caught if you're having any type of cell phone communication. They can trace it. Yeah. And but no, maybe you're right. But no, I think what's Sir Sir more looking down at his I, cell phone after every play. I think a strong case can be made for Phil Parker. I've written that. But I think with Sharon Moore, he took advantage of a unique situation. Yes. And that's what he benefits from. And that it's unfortunate for Phil. I'm I still would probably maybe vote for Phil Parker because I'm maybe a little biased. But Sharon Moore had a unique I forgot that he was the offensive line coach too. I didn't realize he was doing all that. I think with either one, you you've got a strong it's case. Like I had no problem with Northwestern's no, coach being well, the coach. Well, I actually thought there. the Northwestern coach deserved yeah. it slightly more than Kirk, but both were very deserving. I didn't see if anybody that, arguing that either. Really. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I hope that we do a lot better than what I. You know, I'm. I hate this that it's. I was listening to the. Um, I, I drive for a living. I was listening to the Michigan call on the Michigan Ohio State game, and right before the game started, they'd already written Iowa off. You know, hey, we're going to beat Ohio State, get past Iowa because, you know, they're nothing, and then it's on to the national championship. I'm like, man. So who was saying know, that? You, you were one play away from the play-by-play uh, guys from Michigan. Okay, that was the play-by-play? Yeah, play-by-play the radio guys. guys. Okay, yeah. I, I, that doesn't surprise me, but I just from talking to Jamie, the Michigan players don't look at it that way. At least that's what they're saying up there. They they are going to take Iowa very serious. I mean, they took well, them you serious. hope that they would look at it that way. Yeah, yeah, they took them serious. I'm with you though. I'm hoping if whatever little edge can help Iowa, but I just don't think Michigan's going to have an emotional or psychological letdown in this game. I wish they would selfishly for Iowa's sake, but I think they know there's a lot riding on this game. If they don't win, then they're they're probably not going to get in the playoff. Do you think one more question for you, Pat? Do you think this becomes billboard material for the Hawks? What? All of this, hey, you guys aren't in the same league as Michigan. You know, all of the negatives towards Iowa with the upcoming championship game. So, um, yeah, but it's not the Michigan players or coaches saying it. To me, if a play-by-play guy says something, if I'm a player from another, I, I mean, that's a play-by-play guy. I mean, I think if there was Michigan players talking crap, they were on the other day, and they were all very respectful of Iowa. And what – and. So I think it's different if it's a player or a coach and you're not seeing that coming out of Ann Arbor. You're seeing nothing but respect, at least from what I've saw, seen. Well, hopefully they take the uh, the Davy versus Goliath kind of deal and throw a big stone at Michigan and really yeah. I would love to knock them out of the playoffs just like we knocked, you know, um, Nebraska out of a full game. Well, that that is that the hope, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the hope for Iowa, yep. All right. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Appreciate your call. I mean, you know, Iowa still could win. They still could win 12 games this year. Yeah. They've only done that one other time. And they go 12 and 2. And, I mean, if they go 12 and 2, that makes me think that Kirk may walk off in the sunset even more, you know? Go out on top. champion, a Rose Bowl champion? Yeah. I mean, go out on top. I mean, that that would be an interesting way to go. 
you know, I've thought, and I, you would call, you've called me a homer. Yeah, you're a, you're called a, the other things. Yeah, 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 yeah you're oh, a yeah. homer. Son of a bitch. And... I've never called you son of a, <laughs> I don't think I've ever called you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, you think about it. I don't think you have either. <laughs> but now, where, where are you going with this? Where are you going? What... I can't see any way we. Well, yeah, you're a realist. I mean, yeah, you're not, I mean, you're, you're real. Just... Even Suter probably would pick yeah, Iowa. Yeah, I can't see to any, lose this game. any way. The only uh, and you know well, there's a way and there's turnovers. The, yeah, let's say McCarthy gets hurt on the first series and whatever. There's ways that it could happen. It's just probably not likely that it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, but there's always a possibility when you compete. And Iowa is good in two phases of the game, and maybe the offense will catch lightning in a bottle for a ten minute stretch in the game, and that's enough to where they can pull off the miracle. I guarantee you, I was only sixteen or fifty. When, but did anyone expect the U.S. hockey team to beat Russia in 1980? No. no. I know I'm going back 43 no, years, remember, but hey, I remember that. I mean, I was. I mean, I didn't follow hockey, but I remember when my dad or somebody said, "Hell, it's in the third period. We're winning." I remember turning it on and watching it. I mean, I don't like hockey, I, but I watched it just because I wanted it to end. All I wanted it was to get over so they could win. I kept thinking, Russia, oh, they're going to they're gonna end up scoring goals. But then I kept looking at the clock more than I did the puck on the ice, and they ended up winning. So anything can happen. I mean, and last year's game was 27-14 to 14 at Kinnick, and Iowa was driving in the fourth quarter, had a chance to make it a one-score game. So it was not a blowout. So that's the most recent game if you want to try to compare and contrast from previous games. So we'll see. We've just taken so much crap uh, nationally and everything that if, because of the if, offense and it's yes, deserved. Uh, absolutely, but to, if I'm a, a Michigan player, that's what I'm saying. God, if we lose to Iowa, how embarrassing! Yeah, and that can be used as motivation too to yeah. play well. Hey, well, but Michigan's the next step from they've been here and done this. They beat Iowa. They've done that. They've got to win a playoff game. They got to win a national title. That's all that's left for Harbaugh in Michigan right now. Michigan has won. Let's see. They won the national title in '97. I or yeah, is that their last one? I believe it. Ohio State won it in '14 and two. I don't believe. I think that is. And Michigan's last night title in '97. You know what team came the closest to beating them that year? Iowa. They were ahead of them 21 to seven at halftime. Dwight had that punt return. Then Sherman got hurt in the second half. And see, Jamie brings stuff like that up. If you look, I mean, Iowa has barely beaten Ohio State since Hayden arrived. But, like, under Kirk, I'll look at it right now. Um, let's see, Kirk got here in 1999. So, uh, 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 he's beaten Michigan seven times, Kirk has. That's a decent amount of times. I mean, they've, they've, they've had success against Michigan, and I think that's all part of what Harbaugh's going to use. to, Because Harbaugh's one of these coaches – I, I know he loves his players, and he's, but I think a lot of it's about him. You know, and he's going to – his grievances and his emotion, whatever, he's going to translate that over to his players and have them feed off stuff that's happened to him, and I think it, it's working. So we'll see. In the chat room, Kirk would leave a lot of money on the table. You know, this is a problem, especially for people that are jealous of people making a lot of money. I don't think it really matters. I really don't think it really matters to Kirk Ferentz um, what the money is right now. He's 68 years old. 
He's made well. A when lot he's negotiating his contract, it matters. It okay. Him and uh, yes, and his agent. And yeah, everything. no, it matters. But I mean, it, that's not the main. Well, no, reason I don't think he's playing. No, it's one of the reasons I think. I mean, it's still a pretty good gig at sixty-eight to be okay. making seven and a half Ab- million a year coaching oh, a sport. Absolutely, I think that's part of what would keep him here. But no, I'm with you. I don't think it's the main motivation. Oh, look how much money he's. I mean, okay, he's got his contract goes through twenty-nine. So what would twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine? Um, six more years, he'd be throwing away about $42 million. Yeah. And it's easy for us to say that uh, it doesn't matter to him. But but, how much? But he's made, I mean. But I don't think that's his main I don't know. You're saying money isn't, uh, because, I mean, if he retired, let's say he retires after the season, it's not like he's going to be blowing through his money. Well, no, and he's got millions. He's got money for his grandkids to hand down to their grandkids. Yeah, but I'm just saying that he doesn't. You're right. a lot of money. I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying when he goes in every day and works, I don't think that that's. Oh, no. He loves the. I think he loves being a football coach. He loves coaching the Hawkeyes. I mean, this he loves this job, and who wouldn't? I mean, he's coaching a sport for a ton of money at a school that he's been at for over 30 years that all his kids graduated from. His sons all played here. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about the Iowa job, but his world has been disrupted by the retirement of Gary Barta. It's not the same job anymore, and I think that's what he's adjusting to, and I think that's what he's trying to figure out. Does he want to continue moving forward in this new world? And we'll see. Whatever he decides, more power to him. So, yeah. should I we take guess, a should yeah. we take a break? You, however, are motivated by money and that's money the only and greed. Still money is all that pushes you, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's the only reason it, you're still here. It's greed. <laughs> money and greed. In what order, though? <laughs> Whatever. Well, you got to first have greed, then the money comes. Right? <laughs> yeah. I am Morning Radio's Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Wasn't that Jim Backus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember... For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Don't wait for an emergency to get a backup for your car keys. Unlike the olden days, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys that are on the market today. For spares and lost keys, Mike's E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, high security, and remote head keys. Mike's E-Keys for Cars will keep you on the road. Call 319-330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Don't wait until it's too late. Call 319-330-9185 today. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space 
you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. Let's start building your dream home today. Been waiting all year long for year-end savings? The wait is over. This is Patrick Eads, owner of Deary Ford in Iowa City. Get a new 2023 Ford F-150 Super Crew XLT up to 6500 off MSRP plus 1.9% financing. Get a new 2023 Ford Escape up to 3000 off MSRP plus 0.9% financing. Get a new 2024 Ford Edge up to 4000 off MSRP plus 0% financing. Hurry in or shop online at DearyFord.com. GT Car, owner of Supel's Building and Remodeling, has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years. The trained professionals at Supel's Building and Remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job, no matter how big or small. They also stand behind their work and offer no-nonsense, exceptional customer service from design to completion and beyond. Whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house addition, you'll have the confidence that Supel's Building and Remodeling is committed to quality. Visit Supel's.net or call them today at 319-337-2246. From your friends at the Midtown Family Restaurants comes a sincere holiday wish. May happiness brighten your holidays and remain with you throughout the new year. Warmest season's greetings from the Midtown Family Restaurants. Earning $100 in free play at Wild Rose Casino and Hotel is as easy as one, two, three. Sign up to be a part of Club Wild and you could earn up to $50 in free play on your first visit. But it doesn't stop there. You could earn an additional $25 in free play when you come back a second and third time. When we say you'd rather be here, we mean it. Join Club Wild today and you could earn up to $100 in free play. See Club Wild for details. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Brace yourself for the ultimate holiday deal with Consumer Cellular. Snag an incredible 50% off the Iris Flip when you buy before December 17th, making it only $34.50. The Iris Flip is all the phone and camera you need with a user-friendly design, the perfect flip phone companion. Plus, you'll get nationwide coverage and always free activation. Score 50% off when you use promo code RADIO50. Head over to ConsumerCellular.com and use promo code RADIO50 during checkout to score this deal. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up? <sighs> I'm tired of feeling so bloated. That used to be me. Then I got this. Aligned bloating relief plus food digestion. A probiotic, right? Yeah, it works naturally with your gut to help soothe occasional bloating and gas. Plus, it has vitamin B12 to aid digestion by helping convert food to cellular energy. Two benefits, one capsule. Aligned bloating relief plus food digestion from the number one doctor-recommended probiotic brand. Learn more at AlignedProbiotics.com. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu such as the classic shepherd's pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere that's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at SanctuaryPub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave. Hawkeye fans, you love watching the black and gold. You know Hawkeye black and gold. 
As a Hawkeye fan, there are no better colors than the Hawkeye black and gold. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson. When you're buying, selling, or refinancing your property, consider the green and white team, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. Let's start building your dream home today. Hi, this is Jill Sterner with Sterner Taxidermy in Lone Tree. It's hunting season again, and I'm inviting all of you hunters to follow us on our Facebook page. You can view Dirk's award-winning artistry, his workmanship that he completes with each individual piece. We can be reached at 319-330-1774. Again, 319-330-1774. The Oxyoke Inn Sunday Brunch is back, still offering so many choices of fresh entrees, homemade salads, waffles, egg choices, pastries, three tiers of desserts, and much more. Serve nine until one, such a great value. See you this Sunday, Oxyoke Inn, where you'll always leave happy. The Oxyoke Inn. We are back. Is this us? We're back. Are we back? Yeah, we're back. Are we back? Yeah. Yeah, they did have the All Big Ten Awards yesterday. Tory Taylor, punter of the year. Cooper DeGene, punt re- or returner and D-back of the year. Um, I'm trying to think of some. Well, there was a lot of players that were honored, but those were the two significant ones, and well-deserved. And ironically, Drew Stevens made third-team All Big Ten, even though he has struggled do- down the stretch here. Um, that just shows you how good he was. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. He, I saw that email. He's missed four out of his last eight. But you know, it wasn't that long ago he made a fifty-three yard field goal to beat Northwestern. Yeah. It's like people have just completely just dismissed him. Yeah. He's done a lot of good stuff this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one kick. Well, he will do the long distance field goal Saturday, because Kirk's even said that um, Marshall, Marshall Mathers or Marshall Meter, yeah. Marshall Ma- That's Eminem. That's yeah. And that his name, yeah. Marshall Mathers. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy is Iowa's Eminem. You know, you're a fan of Eminem, aren't you? I like Eminem. Yeah, I don't yeah, like his like music. Him. I don't like his music. I like uh, some of it. I don't like all. It's of just it. not I don't my. Like all of it. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I'd rather listen to uh, Eminem uh, or Coolio. Uh, I like Coolio. I like Gangster's Coolio. Paradise. Great song. Eminem's got a deeper catalog, though. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Coolio. Yeah, I like Coolio. Yeah. How about when you're thinking? Fantastic of, you know, Voyage. Uh, that's a great song. Um, well, you know, I'm going to call myself Coolio. Yeah. I mean, think about yeah. that. That's already a big. He was right? the voice of Quanzabad on uh, Futurama. Is he still alive? Coolio? No, he died like a of a couple of, years ago. Of what? I don't remember. He, it was a physical. It was a health thing. Not yeah. Any, okay. Yeah. But yeah, Coolio is no longer with us. What, what was that song? Gangsters Paradise. Gangsters Paradise. He had uh, Fantastic Voyage. I like both of those. I went on spring break, and I think it was '94. 
and I was you know working at KRNA at the time. And they had this, uh, the bar we went to had this party barge that would go out in the, the bay or whatever they had there in South Padre. And it broke like five minutes into it. My friend's like, my friend's a DJ. He can fix it. So did like, you fix it? I just shut it off and let it sit for 30 seconds and turn it back on and it worked. Well, there you go. They didn't know that that's all I did. So I got he, free drinks the rest of the way and I was the hero of the party barge. He died. And that was the song they would play. He died from an accidental overdose of fentanyl, heroin, Ooh. and... Um, methamphetamine. That's oh, so a drug overdose. It's like a, uh, he, because it's like a he, speedball and, plus. And he had uh, heart problems, chronic asthma, and he smoked cigarettes. Always good to do that with what was it? Crack? What, what the hell yeah. was heroin? Uh, he, well, yeah, my guess fentanyl. is the the heroin was probably and the meth were probably cut with fentanyl, and he didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. that's what's killing people now. And people want to ban those THC edibles you can get now at the convenience stores. Yeah, I know this fentanyl, though. I'm mean, using that as a, a a cutting substance. It's just killing people. And Way taken, to bring the show down. Yeah, really. We've kind yeah. of gone on, on a dark turn here. Let's How go about Cooper DeGene winning a couple of awards, even though he hasn't even played in, like, what, a month? Um, That's well, impressive. Let's, no, he, he has it been that long? Let me look. I think he missed it. Uh, he was a Big Ten defensive back of the year and the return specialist of the year. Yeah, he... Um, but he's been out since. Well, you're looking at that. I want to plug uh, uh, MC Ginsburg's uh, today till six o'clock tonight. They're having a holiday platinum show uh, at 110 East Washington Street. So they got God. They got. What does that mean? Beautiful things. Jewelry of platinum. He missed okay. the last two games. Okay, two games. Yeah. Yeah, he was injured in practice on the Wednesday leading into the Illinois game, I believe. And then, of course, he missed on the brass. So he played in 10 of the 12 okay, games, but yeah. I'm not surprised. I thought maybe they may pick somebody from Michigan or the Ohio State, Denzel Ward. I believe he's a really good defensive back. And then that safety from Minnesota. But Cooper, I mean, he's – and part of this, too, though, is having a reputation, and he had built a reputation. I mean, he's only got two interceptions, but part of that is because they don't throw at him that much because he's respected so high. Last year they threw at him a lot, and they paid the price. So I think that's you – know, you win sometimes just based on who you are, too. So, but Tory to me, and now Tory's one of three finalists for the Ray Guy Award, which goes to the nation's top punter. And I, I looked up the stats of the other guys; they're good too. So, we shall see. It's been a pleasure covering Tory Taylor. He's been a fun guy to interview. And when you talk to Tory, you realize you're talking to a 26 year old man. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's eight years older than some. Like the freshman on this team, he's almost a decade older than some of those guys. And he could come back. He could use his COVID year. And when we asked him about that a while back, he's like, "Guys, I'm 26." You know, he came back this last year to refine and polish some of his punting stuff that he need, still felt he needed to work on, was probably being told by the NFL that he needed to work on. He's done that now. He's as ready as he's ever going to be, and he's 26. Yeah. I mean, he'd be 27 playing next year. I mean, think about that. That's when a lot of rockers die. Well, if you want to have yeah. a good NFL career. you well, know, not I mean, anymore. Well, but, I mean, think about all the ones that, that Google it. Dead at 27 rock stars. Yeah. Your buddy Jim, Janice, Jimmy. Wasn't Cobain 27? Cobain was 27. Yeah. Janice Joplin, yeah. Janice Joplin. They were all 27. Again, before, just a little, uh, MC Ginsburg's platinum. Platinum is actually, it, they make jewelry out of platinum. It's, more, it's actually worth more than gold. Yeah. Wow. So MC Ginsburg. Dungeons a, and Dragons, it's worth more than gold, a, too. A, well, that's because it really is. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. Uh, anyway, so that's till 6 o'clock tonight. At 110 East Washington. Street. What is? You haven't said what you're talking 
a, a, they're having a platinum show at MC Ginsburg. Oh, okay. They're showing off platinum jewelry. Showing off platinum yeah. jewelry. Yeah, until yeah. 6 o'clock tonight. Okay. 110 East Washington Street. Okay. And you can plug that on your little thing you call a show. I was going to plug the fact that uh, Ray Gunn is making a T-shirt based on one of my tweets. I was very uh, happy about that. Dead at uh, 27. Oh, wow, my career. Dead at 27. What? Dead at 27. But now you think about it, Cobain was 30 years ago. I mean, Hendricks, Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Brian Jones, Amy Winehouse, Wow, Robert Johnson, uh, Ron Pigpen. Uh, McKernan Pigpen. from the dead. He was 27. Alan Wilson. It's almost like the Bermuda Triangle. Richie Edwards, Chris Bell, D Boone. Who's D Boone? I don't know half of those people. Chris Bell, was he from Big Star? I think so. Okay. Uh, Rudy Lewis, Leslie Harvey. I haven't heard of these people. Uh, I've heard of Leslie Harvey for some reason. Uh, Pete DeGafritis. De- Pete DeFreitas? Freitas? Where, who was he? Was he Hot Red Chili Peppers? No, that's Anthony Kiedis. He's the lead singer. Well, I knew that, but I he, thought... He uh, was in... Oh, God, I love this band, too. Uh, drummer, musician for Echo and the Bunny. Okay, oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. He was 27. All Hold right. on, I'm getting a call here about one of those uh, things. I yeah. <laughs> kind of thought, surprised it took him this long. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? Hello? Oh, you doesn't have to call him Johnson. Well, not anymore. He's gone. Uh, helmet, uh, uh... I like Helmet. Colon? Oh. I meant the band Helmet. Yeah. And, uh, 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 Dyke Christian. Dyke Christian? Dyke. Dyke Christian. D-Y-K-E. Never heard. Never heard of him. Never heard or of her. him or her. He was lead singer of the funk band Dyke and the Blazers. Never heard of them. Never heard of them either. What, what about Handsome Dick? You've heard of him, haven't you? No. Google it. It's not. I'm not seriously, you, it's it's Hunter. You heard, handsome Dick. It's 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 a music. I don't know why I've heard of him. I think it was in one of my rock and roll books. He died of obviously he wasn't twenty seven or he'd be on there. That's pretty creepy though to think of how many people. Richard uh, Blum, who went by the stage name Handsome Dick Manitoba. <laughs> A punk rock musician and radio personality. There you go. You've never heard of him. See, I'm expanding no. your horizon. No. His band, The Dictators. <laughs> I like that. So there you go. I'm not feeding you bull. I'm, I'm feeding you substance. <laughs> what the hell? All right. Should we get back to the Hawks? And we got the men playing tonight. Eight, that fun 8 o'clock Wednesday tip-off against North Florida. Yeah. We had an interesting interview with Fran. And Fran's got the right... Yeah, nobody likes it, but there's nothing you can do about it. He goes, you know, when you sign a $6 billion TV deal, these are the prices you pay along the way. And that's what I wrote about the other day. Because that's it. I mean, 8 o'clock on a Wednesday is not ideal. It's late. And it does have an impact. But like Fran said... Now you're being rewarded with television revenue. So even if seats are empty, like he said, people are still watching. And that's what matters a lot now, too, because that seems to be the bread and butter of everything. So he's like, yeah, just because they're not in the seats, that doesn't mean they're not supporting us from home. And that is kind of the way you have to look at it. And and it's tough for them right now because the women are just, I get that. But I think we would all agree the women are in a very 
unique once in a lifetime type situation right now with the Caitlin Clark phenom stuff. I mean, I, I, I think the women have always drawn well, but once Caitlin leaves, they're not going to be selling out every home. Can we agree yeah. on that? Yes. Yeah. And that's no knock on anybody. That just shows you though, how special and impactful she is. And the fact that they're coming off a really good team performance last year, perfect storm for selling a lot of tickets. Well, they did a, uh, I was reading about this the other day. Uh, when they cast her in those commercials, State Farm, um, they do a study called the Q study and how many people, you know, they wouldn't put her in there if she didn't have like a very high Q study, meaning uh, people across the country know who in the hell it is by recognition, right. not just by name, but, but by recognition, yeah. you know, I mean. Yeah, she is really. That's a, this is like a. I, I don't want to say once in a lifetime. You never know what's going to come up. Uh, certainly once in my lifetime, because uh, government just says I'm going to live to seventy seven. Well, the average age for men now seventy three. You're already living. What is on Logan's time. run? Yeah, they just determined. They just, they just said uh, you know that. Uh, so it's kind of like 77 Sunset Strip for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's your 27. I got uh, well, I got two more years. There you go. Well, let's enjoy You're going to make the most of them? Well, no. am I making the most of them? No. No. I mean, well, what am I you're li- make the most of the first what am I, I think you're living your yeah. retirement indirectly through Suter. All those trips he takes, you're yeah. pretending that's you. Let's see. We're going to be in Vegas for the next 10 I'm days. Not a, you know, I'm not a traveler. I'm with you. I'm not either. I mean, yeah. I like... Going and seeing new places, but, but I'm not a tra- I, after a couple of days. Could you, know, you spend? I want to go home. Would you be happy spending eight days in Vegas? No, I wouldn't either. No, that's too but much. he loves it. That's uh, just yeah. to each his own. Yeah, he'll I haven't be, checked the social media. Back to see on, if he posted uh, any alcohol Saturday, which means you'll be back in here. What Wednesday? No, he'll be back. Doesn't yeah, he need yeah. to regroup when he gets? It says on the calendar he's back here Saturday. Yeah, he oh. has suitor back. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a show Saturday because we're picking up the rental car at nine. Yeah. What so, kind of car? I have no idea. Um, but we're picking it up. At, well, it's available at 9. I'll talk. I, we, we're not leaving until about 10, but we'll see. There's a chance. Maybe I'll come in a little earlier. Because I'm going to have to. Come in at 7. No, I'm going to come in. Maybe I'll come in at 8.30. Because um, I'll come in a little earlier because then I have, to go, um, I have to go and pick up Rob to get the car and whatever. But, yeah, we'll figure that out before then. But uh, you, haven't, you haven't seen any of his social media? Uh, he hasn't posted anything in two days. Really? Yeah. Wow. They must be having a lot of fun. You told me when he was there gone, you told somewhere. me once before the uh, before this uh, venture of yours started paying off that you said, hey, if you need me to come in, uh, you know, some morning. I've said that before. Okay, well, we get here at five. No, I don't, you know, I mean, but, but, <laughs> but you want me to do that, but then pay you though, right? Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. I would like everybody to pay me. Pay me to come in to be on my show. <laughs> I'm surprised he has not sent any. Is that yeah, a good, it's been two days. Is that a good or a bad sign? I don't know. So I mean, it's can... the same photos we looked at when we did the show Monday morning, where and, they're both holding the little wine glasses. And then wasn't there one of him holding? He likes to hold the big pints of beer. Yeah. And holds that up. Yeah, that was the last one two days ago. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I want want you guys' thoughts on uh, Rachel Levine, uh, Joe Biden's pick for Secretary of Health. I've got no thoughts on it whatsoever. I, I, I'd have to see her scores from the, the combine. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know her 40 times, so I, I can't tell you. I, I, I don't know what the hell. 
Did he just recently? Did this just happen? I don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not aware. I'm unqualified yeah. to answer that yeah. question. If uh, Biden wants uh, the person, then I'm all for it. God, you sound like a Trumper. Whatever <laughs> Biden does, I'll just agree. Yeah, well, yeah. Because he's my leader. He's you know, know he's a I, gift I, from I God. Don't even know who it is? I don't. Yeah, I don't know and don't care. <laughs> Hello. Hey guys, uh, it's Greg calling from near Chicago. Hey, I just Greg. had a comment on the State Farm commercial. One thing I noticed that was interesting to me was that I believe she actually has her Iowa uniform on. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you see so many of these athletes in commercials and they have some horrible fake uniform. Uh, is that is State Farm is an NCAA sponsor or you think they paid Iowa money as well? Because <sighs> um, I know for comparison, have you seen. Uh, Egan Johnson is in that Powerade commercial, but they don't really ever show the Iowa uniform. It's just kind of the back of him with his name running, and they never show the helmets or anything. Anyway, just curious how that works. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't know. I wish I didn't know the answer to that, but I don't know. What are you Googling, Captain? You trying to find the answer? I'm trying to find out who in the hell it is. <laughs> who the hell who is? That Rachel whatever her name Did was. Did he say... Huh? So did Biden really just hire her? Or is that guy just pulling a joke? Yeah, I don't follow his... She works for who? Politico. Huh. What's that? Rachel... I thought he said her last name was Divine. I thought he said Levine. Or Levine. Yeah, Rachel Levine. Yeah, no, he said Levine. Because you're saying BB. That's Netanyahu. Isn't that Netanyahu's nickname? Yeah, what BB. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah, shut up, Hunter. Appreciate that. All right. Um, Back to, well, not quite the Hawks, but this is interesting. Um, according to uh, Owen Sebring uh, from, uh, where is he from? He used to be at Channel 2. I don't know where he is now. I have no oh, he's idea. still there. Okay, Channel 2. Uh, Bob Bowlesby has been named the interim athletic director at UNI, Northern Iowa. This he's going is, back there. This is what they were going for. By the way, she is uh, a... Uh, uh, American Peter Trishan, uh an admiral in the United States Public Health Service, Commission Corps, and uh, she uh, also uh, is openly transgender. And that's oh, so that's okay. So that was probably the yeah. yeah that's that's what so I, you think that call? I was, don't care. And I, I don't yeah, care. Why do you care? Do you think that was MAGA calling? Probably. Maybe. Some simple-minded. I mean, I I don't care what yeah, they. Yeah, wh- wh- why you know, would I, you care? I don't. She know she evidently knows how to do a, the job. She's a doctor. Yeah, I don't, I don't think genius that called us as a doctor. I, yeah, I just don't care about stuff like that. Yeah, the, the transgender stuff. That's just not yeah. going to get me going either way. I don't care. Yeah, nope. As, you know, they can do whatever they want. And that was interesting. Bob Bowlesby coming back to be you and I's interim AD. I um. It's interesting. Does that mean he's moving back to Cedar Falls? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm he, just he had been in Texas, obviously, and so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, not the biggest Bob Bowlesby fan out there, but I guess he'd probably say the same thing about me. But you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, I'm sure it will help you and I, you know, stabilize a little bit. I mean, because you know he was the UNIAD before he came to Iowa, so that's kind of surprising, but interesting too. He's not transgender. No, he's Bowlesby, not. He's not. We don't know that. Well, I yeah, I'm pretty confident he is not I, I transgender. Yeah. So have you checked? But that's um, 
Because I believe their AD went to Tulane, didn't he? David Harris? Yeah. He went to Tulane. So um, interesting. Interesting development, I should say. Quite frankly, delusions of grandeur. Remember all the big words? Oh. I wrote a column one time, and it was the, the way Bowlesby said it and how a normal person would say it. You know? I mean, and actually it got some good feedback. It was not mean. But he just, it's like every time you interviewed him, he was spending the hour before with his thesaurus looking for bigger words to say. And he was just such a... He just was a kind of a tool. He, just was, kind he, of, was. he and was. And he was arrogant and dismissive. And, and, of course, we, our wedge was, our gap happened with Alford. I mean, he just defended Alford under any circumstance. Remember when he called the fans ranked amateurs? Well... It, and he just took it out on the fans and the media in his defense of Alford. And, you know. well, he, Anthony had the story of uh, what happened with, with the gal in the, in, in the house. And, and, you know, when we took it from the police reports, and then Anthony uh, knew someone in the house, and they verified it, and, and we put the story up, <clears throat> you know, well, we didn't have we didn't put the story up. We put it up. Well, yeah, there's there. a lot of details we didn't put up that <clears throat> yeah. we, we, that I know about. There's well, a lot yeah. about that story that I would talk about privately that I would never say on the radio. That well, I we know didn't. for facts. <clears throat> well, we didn't like who it was and what happened. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I we didn't, didn't. I've never reported any of that stuff. Well, I said we put the story up thinking, but there wasn't an internet, so yeah. Um, no, we put the story on the air. No, we wouldn't ever give out the victim or anything like that. Uh, but he wanted it pulled down. He was the original. Take the story wanted, down. Yeah, and he wanted it down now. And I, I said, well, I'm just not gonna. Yeah, I don't remember because we all ran. We all ran stories. I wonder yeah. if he called. I don't remember him calling the press citizen. That's where I was working, of course. Uh, maybe he did, but I just. But we. Uh, I, I, we didn't take down the story. But no, we never mentioned names or. Or I mean, there was so much about that night that I know about for as fact that has never been reported on, yeah. and that's and most of the media that covered it back then had had the information. Well, for him to call up us or anybody uh, and want want it down, how how freaking ridiculous! Yeah, I, I, I mean that's just. But we battled over Alfred a lot, and I just I get tired of dealing with him. I mean, I just no, he was just a jerk. I wasn't. I mean. I know Gary Barta didn't leave here under the best terms, but I much more enjoyed dealing with Gary Barta on a personal level. Than you know, he, he always, nicer. if you ask him something, I mean, you ask him to come in, he came in and, you know, I mean, yeah, personally, uh, Gary was, uh, was a decent guy. Um, it, and he didn't do a lot of interviews. No. No, Gary did, but he would make himself available at times. But no, he was just a nice guy. I didn't yeah. agree with a lot of his, some of the decisions he made, but he was just a nice, respectful guy. He still is. Bowlesby, like I said, was smug and arrogant and dismissive and standoffish and just, it just, but I think a lot of that was because of the Alford stuff, the well, tension with Alford. I knew somebody in the, the athletic department that's still probably in the athletic department. And <clears throat> every time Suter would read the sports and say that, uh, Bowlesby's going to Stanford. I play the theme from Stanford. And yeah, stuff. I enjoyed that. And he heard it once coming out of the office, and he told this person who's still there, <laughs> I think I know you turn is. that off right now. <laughs> yeah, to let little stupid things like that bug you, I don't think Barta would have cared. No. Uh, no. Barta wouldn't have cared. 
cared about stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a Bullsby bash fest, but like for me, it got a little personal. And then, you know, when my niece had her case with her struggle with Pierre Pierce, unfortunately, I never heard from Bowlesby. I never heard. All I ever heard was from Greg Lansing wrote me a letter defending Pierce saying, you know, it's unfortunate, but Pierre's really a great guy. And I'm just like, you're just nuts. And I just, I just wanted really nothing to do with that coaching staff the more they stayed here after the Pierce stuff. And they continued. I mean, when Alford came out and said he was innocent, that was just a guy who was that so was used. That was so ridiculous. Well, he was just naive in a lot of ways, but he just was so used to just having everything his way. And I think he thought, if I say this enough, that it's going to be fine because I'm Steve Alford. He had no clue what he was dealing with at that time. And then, of course, they gave Pierre another chance, and he burned him because he ended up having another incident. And it was just that was just a dark time for Iowa basketball. But I also respect guys like Adam Haluska who can overlook that because Adam loves Steve Alford and has reason to. Alford was great to him. You know, he was great to Adam and a lot of his players. And you can you can kind of it doesn't have to be this complete tribal. Oh, well, if you're not on our side and everything, then we're you know yeah. you can pick and choose and what have you. But I've always respected Adam for coming on here, and we've teased him about Alford before, but he takes it pretty good because. And I'm not going to tell Adam Haluski you shouldn't like Steve Alford. Well, Alford no, I mean Alford that... was great to him. Yeah, so I mean Alford was great to Matt Gatons. Mike Gatons and I have had discussions about Steve Alford before. Listen, we don't agree. Can, yeah. That was okay. Alfred had to rub people the wrong way with his attitude and everything. The Pierce thing was at one point in time just defending your player. It just went overboard. Yeah, and he did it without the facts, or at least yeah. all the facts. I got. I sure hope so because I mean, there's certain facts that just can't be disputed in this case, and. Yeah, so I just think that he thought that they were going to be able to nip that in the bud, and he had no idea what he was dealing with. He hadn't been a head coach very long. He hadn't been a head coach. He'd been a head coach at Iowa for like three years, and he just was in over his head in a lot of ways PR-wise. And between that and his ego and all that stuff, it just was not a good situation. I just remember talking to getting a call from him uh, one morning. I wasn't even off the air from Bowlesby, and then like maybe – Three minutes later, uh, Alfredo Parrish was on the phone, his lawyer, demanding we take it off the air and all this crap. But I remember when Alfred called the press citizen to talk to me because it was the first negative thing I had written about him when things were just starting to not work out. And I, it was the most bizarre phone call because he told me that I needed to become closer to God. And he called me in the press citizen news. I remember Rob Howe was sitting right across the cubicle from me. And when I hung up after about 20 minutes, Rob's like, who was that? I'm like, that was Alford just lecturing me on, e on how evil I am and how I'm that God's not in my life. And the reason I'm saying these things about him is because I've separated from God. It was the strangest phone call. And I remember saying, Steve, I just wrote that, you know, I, I'm just writing you how I feel. I, I think, and I remember I wrote a column that, he just talked about him. T I, I remember in the column, one line that really pissed him off was, instead of telling everybody how many three-pointers you made, why don't you teach your current players how to shoot better from three? Why don't you live in the now instead of obsessing over your – he didn't like that. And, but the big, his big theme was he was using God as his instrument to try to get to me, and it was just a bizarre phone call. And the fact that, you know, he could call me up at any time at the Press Citizen and start yelling at me. But if I wanted to call him, I'd have to go through all the proper channels. I just remember, I remember I hung up the phone. I'm like, that guy's a weirdo. That's what I do with Hunter. Yeah. 
I say some of the callers on this show actually have that same response. I say, Hunter, God wants you to drive three hours to to pick up a printer in three hours. Was that a fun trip, Hunter? Did you go to Portello's? No. Hey, it was three hours away from this place. So did you get anything to eat in Illinois and bill it to the station? Bill it to the station? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would have you would God not have... doesn't want you to bill it to the station. So you did not eat or anything on the station? No. Oh, God, I would have hit you hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> I would have got a $20, $30 meal out of you. Man. That isn't hitting hard anymore. Well, but you would have still bitched, wouldn't you? I just got a meal from McDonald's yesterday, and it was like $24. But had Hunter handed you a $30 <laughs> lunch receipt, you would have bitched and moaned no, about that, I wouldn't you? $30 isn't anything anymore. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to say it. I wouldn't open up that door, Steve. What did you have for dinner? Horizon. Oh, Horizon. Yes, I'll pay for your dinner. If it's a client, he'll pay for it. So if I go to Horizon for lunch right after the show, will you pay for it? No. I've already paid for it. 30 bucks would buy you a lot of Horizon. Talk about the show, though. You have to talk about the show with whoever you're eating with. 30 bucks would buy you a lot at Horizon. I just paid for his at Horizon. I'm not made of money. What'd you have, Hunter? (laughs) Uh, Okay. Hello. Uh, hi, this is John Ballmer. Hey, Steve, John. You are made. You are made of money, Steve. <laughs> yeah, hi, John. Hey, John. <laughs> I'm not the <laughs> one driving the Lamborghini. You are. <laughs> I, oh, really? I got a twenty. I got a ten-year-old Tahoe. I'm driving. Don't tell me I'm driving a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to up you the community. <laughs> I see. I, well, that's nice of you. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Mister Mister Alford, I, I I'm convinced that. He uh, helped decrease attendance here by his, you know, oh, without question, of, yeah. without de- with his defense of Pierce. I, I, I never, I never could understand what, where he was coming from with that. But I knew a lot of women that just were irate with him over that, and rightly so. Well, and, and Suter's wife, Ann Suter, didn't go. He had to finally uh, drag her back to basketball. I mean, she right? was, she wouldn't go. I, yeah, he was taking me with him, and that was during the Licklider years. And <laughs> maybe Ann was a little smarter than we thought. Well, yeah. then I didn't yeah. have to take a nap in the afternoon. Yeah, because I could, I could just take a nap the game. during the games. <laughs> well, the other thing about Alford too, you know, he 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 thought he was entitled. He thought he was entitled to free merchandise. Yes, I, I remember the incident with uh, Pyramid Motors. Yep, he had purchased a lawnmower, and and he thought they were giving it to him. You know, that's just the. the, the he was so thought he was so entitled to everything. It was just it was sickening, really. I, I was glad when he left here. The, Me too. the first, I think it was the first two weeks he was here. Bud, who uh, met him at the quarterback club or something, yeah, uh, we're out tailgating, and he says, "Hey, hey, a coach, come on over here." And he, he comes <laughs> on over and he goes, "This is uh, Steve Soberoff. He owns he owns the radio station in town." And he looked at me, and I put out my hand, and he just turned around and walked away. And I don't, you know, really? I can one-up you on this one. I'm not going to say who the former player was, but a former star phenom, legendary Iowa football player was playing a golf tournament with Alford. It was part of, as Alford came here, it was part of getting to know Steve Alford. They, you know, yeah. they, they tried yeah. to get – this was a former Hawkeye football great. They played 18 holes of golf. 
Alfred never asked this guy one question about himself. All he did was, and this guy asked Alfred about, Alfred couldn't have cared, and this guy was way more successful in the NFL than Alfred was, but Alfred couldn't have cared less. Oh and my that God. was pretty yeah. telling. I don't know why. Yeah. But I, and then you meet Licklider like in the high V grocery, you know, like the oh God, Licklider <laughs> supermarket. Was, couldn't have been nicer to me. Yeah. I never saw him outside of, thank, yeah. thankfully. He and was, I, I told, because you said, you look like Licklider. So I went up to him and I said, People tell me that we look alike, and he I look back. And he goes, I thought he looked more like Harold Ramis or David Scorch. No, you guys look alike when your hand is in your, you know, your head's in your no, hand, he told, just in despair. Because I've seen yeah. that look. Licklider was Harold just Ramis. he was just odd. He was just an odd person. He, he really was. I, you know, I had one encounter with him at a at a. He was at a function, a home builder's function. He was a speaker, and he always had his head down. You know, it's just like I'm. You know, I, I'm. I. Uh, I'm sorry I'm here. I just, you know, he was he was so laid back. It yeah. just was wasn't funny. You know, I just never did. He just never clicked. No, sure. he didn't. It was not a good fit. And he I can't was imagine just, why that act didn't go over in Los Angeles. He was just long. in over his head here. He yeah. just couldn't recruit yeah. to this level. It just was not. You know, it just didn't work. Sometimes well, it doesn't work. That's true, uh, Pat. And, and he always talked about the Butler way. He yeah, because he never ex- he never really moved here. He never really no. left Butler. No, that's exactly. People right. didn't want to hear about the Butler way. No, no, they were they were tired of that. That that wore thin real fast. Yes, it did. So. The other thing about Alford, his dad Sam, you know, this, Sam was played good cop, bad cop. Sam was the good cop. Uh, I dealt with know. Sam a few times. He and didn't like uh, me. yeah, he wasn't necessarily the straightest shooter. I remember he spoke at quarterback club one time, and he talked. That was when Steve was here, you know, and he said, "Well, we're my, my wife and I plan on retiring here." I thought, oh, I can't that believe that. You know, well, of course it didn't. He followed Stevie wherever he went. So anyway, it, it was that. Thankfully, that was a short tenure for the man. And <laughs> yeah, I remember after they got beat. I think it was they lost a game to Michigan, and this is when things were starting to really get bad between Steve and I. One of yeah. my coworkers was walking down the tunnel for the post game, and he was right behind Sam Alford, and he heard him say, "Yeah, I bet that." GD Hardy's going to have fun with this. Like I want I didn't want Iowa to lose. I never wanted Iowa to lose. But it was us against them. If you weren't completely oh, yeah. behind yeah. Steve, I wanted Iowa to win. I mean, there oh, were sure. some great play- I mean, Adam Haluska, they Greg Bruno, those are nice guys. I wanted Iowa to win. You I really, just didn't like yeah, that yeah. coach. You know, it's yeah. like we got accused yeah. when you came here of first of all, how can you bring him here? You know, and then all of a sudden it's you know, they didn't like here or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like a, you know, a year goes by and I'm hearing, oh, you wrecked him. You made him a homer. You know, we, didn't, we didn't do it. And I say we didn't do it. Well, I've been called a hater and a homer both over yeah. the years, which to me, that's that's good. Well, we yeah. have we ever told you anything? No, you no. never. T- no. no, just no to money. <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. Is Steve a little tight, is he? Well, I, now, I if, listen, that. if Mr. Bomber would give me half of what he paid for that yacht, we would, we would. But no, you guys have never told me. And we've mostly agreed on stuff, even though you and Suter are home, hopeless, sloppy homers. Like when the racial stuff happened, you were willing to look at both sides of that. You didn't just say, those guys are making up stuff. Kirk would never. You guys looked at that, and I respect you for listen, that. Listen. I've lived here all my freaking life. I know that, uh, you know, there's a big, there's racism here. Whether you uh, practice it or not, it is. 
Well, you could. It is you a can, white society you can here. Have a lot of respect for Kirk, you can have a lot of respect for Kirk Ferentz and also think that and maybe I, and some stuff happened there yeah, that, that needed I, to get fixed. And you I can do, do both. Yeah, yeah I do. But John, you know, both. we're in an age now. It seems like where you're either all in or you're evil. You're the other side. Tribalism. There's so much tribalism now, even in sports. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. Yeah. That, that's for sure. Yeah. I, it's. It's sad, really. Hey, what, you guys were talking about Bowlesby. What's he doing? I missed that part. He is going to be the interim athletic director at Northern Iowa while they look for a new That's one. interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. He's going back home. Well, I think yeah. it's weird that That's true. Home. He is. That's where he well, grew up. He's from is. Waterloo. Bowlesby's yeah. got to yeah. be in his 70s. Isn't I, he? Would say. I do think it's kind of weird, though, that they wouldn't pick somebody from inside to be the interim. You know, like Andrew. Iowa did with Beth Getz. Well, maybe they had to bring somebody from the outside just to be an interim. Yeah, right? but I think Iowa brought Beth Getz in for more than. Yeah, I, I, kind of I still, I still say yeah. she was brought in to be Gary's replacement. But don't you think somebody I, from I the yeah, that, staff yeah. here would have been the interim? But maybe they were going to do that until they've. Hey, Bowlesby's actually interested. in Seventy-one. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's seventy-one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, you know, his father, I think his father was Bob Bolsby that owned a, you know, or it was John Bolsby. He owned a tavern. You know, he had a pool hall up in Waterloo. In Waterloo, yeah. And then his older brother yeah. was the big heavyweight wrestler, right? John. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching John Bolsby wrestle at Iowa. Yeah, so, I do yeah. too. Barely remember that. So. Yeah, for anyway. Well, get, gentlemen, it's always interesting. All right, John. Good hearing from you. Yeah, John, don't, thanks. Don't spend too much money. Sir, I may right? see you on the don't trails. Don't about that, John. John, I haven't been on the trails. <laughs> I haven't been on the well, trails much lately. It's been too cold, we, but I'll be back out today and tomorrow. Either. It's a little too chilly yeah we're we'll we'll get out when the weather gets just yep, a little warmer we'll see so. you all right all right thanks fellas yep. thanks uh my la comment was directed of course at alford and not at like lighter that would make no sense uh i was distracted because we have an update from uh something we did last weekend about the uh, big 10 west being rock bands and yes. foreigner was on the list and I said, yeah, they're the type band. Oh, that they're definitely, they're one of the six. State we're, Fair. Our, our trouble, we're, had we agreed on Night Ranger as seven? I think yeah. Night Ranger is a good seven. Yeah. Okay. And I said, that's the type of band that would be playing a State Fair. Well, Foreigner will headline East Side Night at the Iowa State Fair Friday, August 9th. And it really is Foreigner because none of the original members are in the band anymore, yeah. are they? Yeah, they're all they're all Melissa foreign. Etheridge is opening up. <laughs> yeah, if they don't get deported. <laughs> so, okay, we'll go over the West again. We've got Ario Speedwagon, yeah. Journey, Boston, Kansas, um, who am I missing? Sticks. Yeah. Sticks. There's five. And then, okay, Night Rangers. Six. But who's that seventh one that was locked in before? Who am I missing? I've got to write these down. Yeah, we need to write these down. This is the Big it's Ten very rest important of music. Here. Okay. Yeah. And because remember, we had a lot of people calling in that day yes. afterwards to get. REO. Uh, REO Journey Sticks. Start with those three Journey, Kansas. Kansas. Boston. That's the five core right there, but there was a sixth one. Before we had trouble finding well, foreigner, a foreigner. So how many? That's six, and then Night oh, Ranger. Oh, okay, then Night yeah. Ranger. Yeah. And I accepted Night. Remember, thirty eight special was under consideration. I'm going to put this with suitor yeah. stuff that he keeps and that in here. Night. So I, I go home that night. And what? Jan's just cranking thirty eight special. <laughs> no, but I turn on the radio and foreigners on. That's what, what song? I text. You remember which one? Feels like the first time. Okay. All I right. heard that song on here the other day. We're yeah. driving in. Yeah, but yeah, I'm Night Ranger because I don't. I respect ELO more than to be in that group. I like them a little better than those bands. I, I you know, I don't know why ELO. You know, I, what's Mace? Mace does ELO? not like. Oh, he ELO. doesn't. Well, he doesn't why? like Steely Dan. So what? I mean, do you, yeah. can you even take him serious? No, no, you don't. Oh, no, you can't take, take him, him serious. serious? No. Yeah, if you don't like Steely Dan, there's there's yeah. issues. I think there's deep rooted issues with Mace. <laughs> Why he oh, there's that makes the, yeah, and the music has nothing music to do with the music. Music has nothing, to, nothing to, do to do with it. <laughs> so, but um, 
but yeah, that's that's our. So we've got our seven, and I, I, I'll accept Night Ranger because I, you know, the very popular band did not like any of the, any of their songs. Yeah, at least the people in it are still in it. Yeah, Sister Christian, is that what it was? Yeah, Motorin. What about Kansas? Don't tell me you love. Oh, them. I don't. Dust in the wind. Well, get out of the wind then. Kansas, if, you know, yeah. point of no return. I just loved it when Wayward we, Sons. We had yeah. a Kansas on when I was at Camp from H. We had the band Kansas in there. They were appearing at the uh, Mississippi Valley Fair. And the 97X had the Kansas that was appearing at Clinton River Boat Days. (laughs) They're both Kansas. And we interviewed them at the same time. I mean, is REO Speedwagon, do they still perform? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they do. do. Yeah, because I mean they got to be in their seventies. I think yes. they were they formed at Champagne University, Illinois Champagne, in like the mid sixties. You know, I don't look young. I'm not saying I look young. Oh, but, uh, but I, for but, sure. But I look a lot better than some of these. Yeah. Bandits. Well, you've probably done less heroin, less alcohol, yeah. less. I mean, not that all were, but you know, I mean, some of them live tough lives. Yeah. 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 The uh, they all made it past twenty seven though. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But we've got our Super 7. We've got that. Yeah, Suter has it anytime we have to refer to it. it We'll have it right there, always ready. I'll put it with the basketball schedule out here. Our Super 7. Suter will get back wondering what the hell this is. So what's it supposed to be, 40 today? 41, Uh, 42, and right now it's 36. Okay, I probably will go for a walk later today. Yeah. Yeah. But yesterday when I woke up, it was 8. No, it was ridiculous. And, you know, when uh, my dog goes out, Lily... And she goes to, she loves rolling in the snow. Didn't so, he want to do that? No. She, well, she started rolling, then she's, you know, you could just tell, ah, oh, this is ridiculous. No, and, it was cold. Yeah. It yeah. was brutally cold. So um, I'm trying to think if we, I mean, all the, like, volleyball, that they had their last match. Did they really go 0-20? Do you know, Tommy? I don't remember them winning. I saw somebody, I hope they didn't, I, I'll admit yeah, I know they won some matches, but I saw some report, some tweet that they finished 0-20, which I, if that is the I can case, look it I, up feel, real quick. I feel tough. I feel yeah. bad for them. That's a tough, that's a tough year, man. It can't be easy. And like I said, Coach Barnes inherited a tough situation trying to rebuild a program when the Big Ten is as strong. I'm not making excuses. But yeah, 8-24 overall, 0-20 in the Big Ten. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, and hey, we got a new AD here. I wonder... I mean, it'll be interesting. I'm not saying he should be fired. It's only his second year. But Beth has shown she's not afraid to. No, she should get it. But I don't think after two years he should be fired. I think he needs more time because I think you got to consider where he's coming from and what he's trying to rebuild. A lot of, I mean, Bon Shemansky was the last one that had this volleyball program moving in the right direction. And unfortunately, things happen and what have you. But it's a tough rebuild. I feel, I feel for him. Hello. Uh, Joe Biden appointed Rachel. Okay. Not, who is you this know, guy? I, I don't care. But why yeah. is he all of a sudden calling in? Yeah. So she's transgender. So what? Doesn't mean she's not qualified. Yeah, and I just, uh, that just seems like such a weird hill to die on. But that's just. And to call the yeah. sports show about it. My By guess way, is this guy's like, oh, yeah. man, I'm owning them, man. Yeah. I'm owning KCJ. You don't you own know, crap. Whatever. I mean, dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> there you go. Um,. And, well, here's uh, interesting. Ryan Fournier is a co-founder of Students for Trump. Uh, he has been arrested and charged with assault, beating up his girlfriend. Have you seen a picture of him? He looks like he couldn't beat himself up. Yeah. 
Evidently, he could beat her up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's yeah, you want, so there's tit for tat, which you ain't seen in a long time. Neither one. But all of a sudden, why today? Why else, has uh, this guy called in before? No. Yeah, no, so. I just, you know. And why the sports show? Because he's owning us. Cause yeah. Because I guess he he's owning the lives. He's owning the lives. Yes, and that's all. He has succeeded. He Even has, though I'm not in the Democrat, are you in the Democratic Party? I don't think I'm officially no. I'm not in. I'm, I am. Yeah, you are. Hunter, you're. Yeah. You're. Are you a Democrat? I'm not in. Anything. I think I'm registered as a Democrat. I'm not registered. Johnson I'm, County. I have to. I'm just a. I'm just a guy who votes every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while. I vote all oh, the I don't, time. All I, elections. I don't have a great voting record. Well, did you vote for me when I ran? I didn't vote for any of that stuff. No. Well, maybe that's why. I lost. You weren't in my district. So did you lose both votes. by one vote? No, not at all. No, not even a lot more than that. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you think this call will be a... Uh... He lost to the guy who made up his job. You think yeah, this... I lost to a guy, seriously, who said he worked at MIT. Oh, he okay. lied about his resume? He, oh, completely. Yeah, Boston College, and then MIT, and then he was working at Horn Elementary here. And, and he said this all on the air, asking for votes. And then Horn Elementary teachers and the principal and everybody are calling up. We never heard of this. This guy doesn't work here. And he got more votes than you? Yes. You basically lost to George Santos. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I did. I lost to George Santos. Well, do you think this call will pick us up? <laughs> sure. Hello. Um, Pat, I missed it if you discussed it with Jamie. But did you ask him if he thought Harbaugh knew anything about the cheating? I did not directly ask him about that on the air. I talked to him the other day, Jamie's big thing, and he did say in my interview with him for my article on Hawk Fanatic that if they proved, if everything is proven that they did what they did, that okay, yes, deal with it. He just didn't like the fact that they did it during the season. He thought he thought there should be more due process because he brought up Kansas. Kansas basketball, they investigated them for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Whatever. His big thing was the timing of it. If they did do stuff that they're accused of and that it's proven clearly, then yes, de- dealt with, deal with it. He just didn't like how and when it went down. He thinks that the new Big Ten commissioner was pressured by the other 13 schools to take a stand. And, and now Jamie's also biased too. So, but I did not specifically ask if Harbaugh knew, but I common sense tells me how could he not know? Yeah. The guy was standing right next to yeah. him at games, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people think that. And, you know, he has. I mean, he's, he served a three-game suspension. He served a previous three-game suspension. I mean, it's not like it's going unnoticed and what have you. So, But um, he just didn't like the fact that it happened in season, just like a lot of Iowa fans don't like the fact that Brian Ferentz was fired in season. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, the, there's been a lot of negativity about this, Brian Ferentz, about more of the timing of it. These, a lot of the people have been like, you know, I think ultimately something needed to be done, but why did she do it in season? We don't know because she won't tell us exactly why she did it yeah. in season. There's theories out there. There's people that's close to the situation that have their theories and what have you, but only a certain amount of people, Beth, Barbara Wilson, Kirk, Brian, there's only a few people that know the exact reasons for everything. Yeah. And maybe Kirk doesn't even know everything because Kirk, when he talked about it, he seemed like he was blindsided by this. And I think that's another thing he resents. Well, I think, yeah, he acted like he was. And he was pretty visually emotional. About oh, yeah, it, he was so, pissed. Yeah. So he's I mean, pissed. I mean, he's pissed as a head coach, but even more so as a father, I think. Yeah. But right, they're well, four, you would be. They're four and zero since they made the announcement. So yeah. I mean, maybe the team is rallying around Brian, and we'll see. But it's gonna. 
Take a lot of rallying. Not wearing the Tiger Hawk. It's going to take. Yeah, and I have opinion. I know that's upset some people. I, I'm to the point. Yeah, whatever. He's wearing a great yeah. coat to a funeral. Well, I just think he's. I think <laughs> oh, he's, no, that's not. I think he's. That's not Brian. I think he's pissed. I think he's pissed that it went. To, oh, you're talking about Melania? Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah so, who cares? Yeah, she who cares? At least she, she went. Well, yeah, she had a black dress under it. Who cares? Yeah, who ca- well, that's just. The I never we even in. thought of that till I read it. Left wing provocateur. I haven't heard anything until you guys started talking about it. It's well, all over Twitter. I, oh yeah, I don't see it on my Twitter. I, mean, I, got I don't know. All, I get that crap all the time. I got it all over my Twitter, and they mentioned it. Uh, who's somebody, oh, somebody emailed it me, and they emailed the picture. And then there's and pictures. And I'm going, well, what's... And I said to Jan, well, what's wrong with that? Well, and then the left-wing provocators are like, God, poor Michelle Obama has to sit next to Melania at the funeral. I mean, come well, on. By the way, she's only 53. We're talking off the air how old we thought she was. Okay, 53. I, thought, I, I knew she was in her 50s. Yeah. I thought she was a little older than that, but... You know, I think Michelle Obama was able to survive sitting next to Melania. It's just they got. I mean, you, if you look at, you know, they had the video on and, and of stuff. They seem to get along. Fun. She gets along with the Obamas. Fun. But oh, yeah. that's just petty stuff, like kind yeah. of stuff you we what kind of for clothes, doing. you know? Yeah. Well, it's like okay, I came here once. I went. Wife took me to Dillard's. And I saw, hey, that's a black shirt, and that tie looks. I because I used to wear that when I was younger. Yeah, a shirt and tie and jeans. So I walked in here with the the shirt and tie, and everybody's like looking in their desk and packing their desk. <laughs> <laughs> I go, what, what is wrong with you guys? Well, you're going to sell the station. Why? Well, you're all dressed up. You know, I go. Why do I have to get dressed up if I sell the station? It is disconcerting when you're dressed up, though. It's not yeah, right. But you sure. know we've heard the story before. Sure oh, got pissed. Yes, you're going to oh, Wait, Steve's telling a story hey, for the second time? I for the am, second. Listen, <laughs> I am going on. Listen, January, I will be 75. I will re-up the stories and start all over again. Yep. Yeah. And you guys accuse me of watching Andy Griffith reruns. I listen to your reruns every day. <laughs> yeah. I said this morning. You know, uh, if if by chance you would go to hell and Satan would uh, would uh, come and say, okay, for your uh, for your penance, you're going to have to watch Andy Griffith reruns every day over and over again. Is that you, for me? Yeah. And you'd go, hey, this ain't that bad. No, I mean, I, hell's got some advantages. <laughs> as long as you give me some air conditioning yeah. and Andy Griffith, I'm fine. Yeah. As long as they're not the color ones. Color ones. The ones in color. Oh, yeah, no, I don't want the ones in color. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, I I want to make a comment about football and then a comment about music. Uh, the comment about football is I've been letting myself kind of fantasize about Iowa if we would have no injuries. And, you know, all the big names that Eric All, Luke Lachey, Cade McNamara, Cooper DeGene, wouldn't we have – I wonder what the line would be – if we had all those guys, don't. You? Well, it's hard what to say because uh, I mean, I mean, they did. A skeptic's going to say, "Well, they did have all those guys for the first two and a half games of the season, and the offense was still terrible." Right. So, but well, no, they Kirk, obviously. Kirk is, go ahead. Yeah. Kurt's brought up a lot that the defense has really improved over the year, uh, which is true. I think they were good at the beginning, but um, I'm just, I, I just keep letting that into my mind and I can't because we're going to go to war with the guys we got but man if we would have just not had all those severe injuries 
The second thing is, and I was expecting this, and I'm going to hang up and let you guys, if you want to talk about it, what, is what Rolling, the Rolling Stones are going out on tour again to support their new CD release. Mm-hmm. And like to know what you guys think about that. And I'll hang up and listen. Hey, more power to them. Yeah, we I talked about it a little bit Monday because AARP is the sponsor. A- AARP is their sponsor. Yeah, more power to them, man. I mean, yeah. somebody who just turned 60, it Well, makes not only young. that, but the music critics are saying, that this is their best effort since 1981, and they're what they're they're 80. Album. Yeah, I like it when Souter says that Mick Jagger's repulsive. <laughs> he says he's hard to look at. He says he's disgusting to look at. Souter. He's on uh, Kimmel or Fallon, I think, this week on the reruns. You've heard him say that yeah. Mick Jagger's repulsive. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He says he's repulsive. He says that. Yeah, but um, I'd say more power to him. I think yeah. it's great that they're still doing it, and and, it's, and they get good. You know, their concerts are well attended. Everybody has a good time. Keith Richards is still a good guitar player. It, yeah, it's not Altamont. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But it's I like I, I said. If they put out an album, Return to Altamont. Return to Altamont. <laughs> and then the Hell's Angels agree to be there. Yeah. Are the Hell's Angels as strong now as they were back then? You don't hear about don't the Hell's Angels. So. The Hell's anymore. Angels. There's like two kinds of Hell's Angels. Uh, there's still the mean kind in there, but there's also like Hell's Angels. That uh, do charity work and there, yeah. and you think there's some that go back and forth, beating people up one night, and the next morning they're at the church doing I don't charity know. work. Well, I know that they don't like each other, and they don't like each other calling themselves Hell's Angels, especially the nice. You ones. ever had a Hell's Angel on your show? Yes, yeah, he was one of the nice ones. You should get a mean one on. <laughs> yeah, starts. See how that goes over. Starts breaking stuff. Stuff. <laughs> But no, I think that, that I think the I mean, how many shows are they? They're not doing it's not, a no, huge tour. No, it's like tour. maybe a dozen we or had, sixteen or something. We had, when I was at KFMH, we had the Hell's Angels, and they'd go and they, you know they do these poker runs and crap and raise money for kids in the hospitals and stuff. And, and I I said to him, "You're kind of ruining your reputation." Well, there's a lot of gangs that do that stuff. Yeah. that raise money for. I yeah. mean, hell, Pablo Escobar yeah. used to raise a bunch of money for the people in Colombia. Yeah. You do things charitable things for. Um, but yeah, yeah. Pol Pot. Gustavo Frank. Did Pol Pot do charitable stuff? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> That's another so story what... I told. We used to list him here. As the overnight guy. Popot? Popot. So what's the closest the Stones are to Iowa City on this tour? I think Minneapolis or Chicago. Okay. Chicago. Okay. When's the last time they played in Iowa? Do we know? Probably Cyclone Stadium back when it was called that. Yeah. 89? Okay, that's when I... Have you heard the new album, Hunter? I know you're a big fan of the Rolling Stones. It's really good. I didn't see... 89, though, Iowa State. I saw Pink Floyd in 89. I saw Paul McCartney, I think, in 90... At Cycle, they used to get a bunch of bands there, and that's right about the time the Rolling Stones played there too. Was Roger Waters editing himself on stage? I cannot remember. I just remember the big pink balloon floating in the air. Yeah, but I've told you, I'm going to do a Captain Steven repeat my my um, Paul McCartney's. You know, we were taping it. Yeah. But my drunk friend sang through the whole thing. So when we went to hear the music, all we hear, hey, we couldn't hear any of the actual music because the thing was right next to my drunk friend who sang through the whole concert. It was a, we were disappointed. It, It was funny. You look back at it, you laugh, but at the time we were pissed. We wanted to have that recording. And all of his just, uh, it was not good. 
So, but all right. Well, we've killed almost two hours. Thanks again to Jamie Morris. Really enjoyed discussing Michigan, Iowa, Big Ten football. Look forward to the game on Saturday. And everybody, hey, got some better weather coming. Get out and enjoy it. Hogfanatic.com. Check it out. It is free. <laughs>